Hey guys, how you doing? It's your boy Noir. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cigars and Crypto. In this discussion, I had an opportunity to speak with Matteo Speranza. He is a cigar aficionado and a frequent traveler to Cuba. We talked about how he smoked his first cigar in the early 90s, how he is a wine lover and a foodie, how he started traveling to Cuba 20 years ago, and how he frequently visits Pinar del Rio, now, make sure you check out this episode. Make sure you support us by recommending us and sharing us and liking us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Most importantly, visit us at 5under20.com to buy your own cigars or cigarsandcrypto.com to listen to all of our episodes. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the episode. Take care. You're listening to the only place on the internet that offers the perfect blend of high-quality premium cigars and cryptocurrency news and commentary. Welcome to Cigars and Crypto. Now here's your host, Invest Noir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode of Cigars and Crypto. You know who it is? It's your boy, Noir. Let me tell you. Switched it up a little bit. I have the brother of the leaf with me, world traveler, Mr. Cuba extraordinaire himself, Mr. Mateo Speranza. How are you, sir? I'm flattered. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Um, Again, it's my pleasure. We had a chance to talk on Saturday on our Cigar Hearth, and uh, you told my uh, virtual Cigar Lounge members about yourself, but I knew that my uh, listeners, the members of my show, would love to hear about you, what you do, and your story. So let's start with who you are. Mateo, tell us who you are, sir. Well, I... uh born here in Toronto, Canada, onto uh, Italian parents. Um, I've always had a, uh, well, when I was old enough, I've always had a passion for uh, food and wine. Uh, As I got older, wine. Um, And in the early 90s, I smoked my first cigar, and I uh, found myself comparing it to wine or to grapes. That is, it's an agricultural product. Uh, country of origin makes a difference. Weather makes a difference. The, uh, the year makes a difference. Uh, not any one cigar is the same or any one cigar from different countries is the same. And that, uh, that's where my exploration of, uh, of the leaf began. Uh, by the time, uh, 10 years later, I took my first trip to Cuba. Let's call it uh, tourist Cuba. I went to Cayo Coco. Uh, it's one of the keys on the northern coast, central northern coast of Cuba. And, uh, I took five trips in a span of a year and a half. And um, I took a couple of trips to Havana while 
at the resort. And once I made a friend in Havana, uh, specifically at the uh, Partagas Cigar Shop, I left Cayo Coco behind and my travels turned to Havana and shortly thereafter uh, to the uh, tobacco growing region of Pinar de Rio. And uh, I've been exploring ever since. I find there's always something, uh, something you can learn, someone new you can meet, uh, some new flavor you can taste. Uh, and uh, as, as long as that continues, I will continue chasing the leaf. <laughs> That's just beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. There's a lot to unpack there. And so I'm going to break it up into pieces uh, so sure. we can uh, give our listeners some real value here. So the first thing you talked about was um, the comparison between wine and grapes, right? Um, well, when you, wine, wine slash grapes and tobacco right, slash right, cigars. Right, right. So the very first thing I thought of when you said that is the tail sounds like a foodie. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> so just look so, at me. You, you've seen me on the screen. Look at me. <laughs> so I'm not a lightweight. Me, so <laughs> tell me about your experience with Cuban cuisine. Uh, Cuban cuisine could be uh, quite, uh, quite varied. Uh, you can go uh, simple peasant, which, which I'm a peasant at heart, so I love that. And when I say peasant, I mean uh, things revolving around pork. Uh, and there are things that go around it, like uh, uh, platono maduro, which would be fried banana, uh, the different kinds of rice that they do. Uh, chicharitas, which are uh, the fried plantains, uh, some of the recipes that uh, have been adapted uh, from Spanish recipes that are now uh, done in, uh, in Cuba. Now, what will make the difference is availability of product. So if there's a limited amount of product, spices etc then the fare would be a lot less the bottom line would be roast pork with uh, beans and rice uh, some fried uh, plantains uh, a salad but their interpretation of a salad is not our is not the same as ours uh, their salad would be uh, shavings of uh, of a uh, cabbage with some tomatoes, cucumber, and they'll put some oil and vinegar on the table so you can you can uh, you can put your own on the salad. Uh, another thing they'll put on the table uh, if it's in season, because it's always if it's in season, would be something I love, and it's avocados. They're in season; they'll put them on the table as well. Now, some people have the misconception. Besides, I find that food being good if it's done well. A lot of people that travel to the hotels and all inclusives, and now my experiences with Canadians, they think the food is horrible. Now they pay a very low price for an all inclusive, and there's really doesn't give it doesn't give you much room for the food. So there'll be uh, 
the food will be lacking in the hotels. But uh, if you actually go to restaurants and you pay a couple of dollars, you can actually find a pretty good meal. Now, in Havana, outside of the, the coronavirus, Havana's had a boom in, uh, in restaurants, I'd say over the last uh, five to eight years. And you could be sitting in a restaurant in Havana and the, the, the food that you will be getting, the food that is available on the menu will be something out of a restaurant from your hometown. Um, the uh, restaurateurs today, um, uh, when I say restaurateurs, I mean private restaurant owners, not, um, not government restaurants. Uh, they have access to private uh, sellers and they're able to stock their, uh, their restaurant with uh, a good variety of food. So you could find uh, a large variety of fish, uh, different kinds of cuisines. I've had um, I've had Indian food in an Indian restaurant that was actually quite good. Um, they do a lot of fusions. There's a lot of very interesting food coming out of Havana. And I'll uh, keep trying as many restaurants as I can because as you say, I'm a foodie. <laughs>
that's actually a great segue into my next question. Um, during our chat on Saturday, you talked about uh, cigars. And I told you that on my trip, I was able to visit one cigar shop in the city of yeah. Atlanta. But you told yeah. me about all of the other places that are there. Talk to me about the cigar culture in Havana, uh, specifically in, in Cuba as a whole, if you wouldn't mind. Well, people people think that people think that every other Cuban smokes cigars. They are a little bit out of reach um, to the average Cuban, and I don't think every Cuban likes to smoke a cigar. Uh, having said that, the uh, cigars that we smoke out of Cuba are definitely out of the reach of Cubans, but uh, they have availability of uh, uh, national cigars. That is, tobacco that does not come from Pinar de Rio, that's grown in other parts of the country, and they use that tobacco for cigars that are for national consumption, and they can be quite uh, inexpensive. You would see, you will see, more than the average cigar smoker in the streets uh, in comparison to what I would find here in Toronto, let's say, or maybe in your, in your city. Um, but as far as generally cigar culture, it's not frowned upon to smoke a cigar. No Cuban will tell you to not smoke a, not smoke a cigar, unless, of course, by law, unless, of course, by law, because the laws have changed, there are some places where you can't smoke a cigar. Uh, you can't get into a yellow cab. Okay, there are the yellow cabs and there are the private cabs. The private cabs being those old jalopies from the 50s, or the Russian Ladas. Now the yellow cab, no, I won't say 100%, but 90% of the time, you will not be able to smoke a cigar in one of those, simply because you'll take on uh, riders that may not appreciate it. However, a 90% uh, of the uh, 90-90% of the uh, private taxis will allow you to smoke in their taxi if you are alone in the taxi with the driver. They couldn't care less. That's awesome. So tell me, tell me about your travels to Cuba and uh, the farming region that you mentioned before. You, you operate a blog that I want you to tell people about because I have been fortunate enough to visit that blog over the last two days and I loved it. But I want you to tell people about your blog and the vision behind it. The first thing I noticed when I visited you online was all of the beautiful lush tobacco fields. And I would love for you to tell us about Yes, man. Beautiful shades of green and brown everywhere. Uh, tell us about your blog and your trips uh, to the tobacco fields of Cuba. 
Well, um, all right. In 2005, I was uh, fortunate enough to have met a Cuban who spoke English, who was a sommelier and a cigar expert. Expert as in a sommelier, an expert that he was invited to sit in to try cigars with other people to give his opinion on cigars before they were, rele were released into the market. Just to give you a background of this individual, I really lucked out. Uh, we became fast friends because, well, he was in the restaurant business and uh, he enjoyed the, uh, the wine like I did and enjoyed food like I did. Uh, many a times that I cook a meal in my apartment uh, that I rented in Cuba at that time. And we would drink wine, smoke cigars. I smoked a lot of beautiful cigars in those days. Still smoking some beautiful cigars. But I smoked a lot of beautiful cigars in those days. So I rented a car one day and with uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, my wife today, with his wife, the four of us, we took a uh, two-day trip out to Tobacco Region. So we stayed in the town of Vinales, beginning with a V, V-I-N-A-L-E-S, Vinales. It's just a, a beautiful little town up in the hills, tremendous vistas. They also grow tobacco. The quality of the, the tobacco does not match the quality from the region that I go to. Now, from there, um, before heading up to Vinales, he had arranged to visit Alejandro Rubina when he was alive. Do you remember or do you know the name Alejandro Rubina? Yes, I remember that discussion. The godfather of uh, Cuban tobacco. So I was invited, uh, we were invited to uh, go by and visit. Well, when I got there, I, I, I died and, and got to heaven. It was, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's like uh, you're, you're a, a crazy basketball fan and uh, all of a sudden you get invited to uh, Michael Jordan's house to, uh, to smoke a cigar with him. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he, he was the, the, the ultimate that if, if you would ask anyone, if you had any cigar smoker, uh, if you had the opportunity uh, regarding tobacco or cigars, what would it be? Uh, would be to meet Alejandro Robina. So I was in awe. Uh, when we had got there, now I didn't know the people at the time, but I certainly know them now. A uh, famous, uh, one of the more, more famous Cuban actors and one of the more famous Cuban, Cuban musicians uh, were just leaving. My, my wife and my, my friend's wife were going absolutely insane for these two guys. I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. I do now. 
And uh, so we sat in, smoked a cigar, had a couple of drinks. And uh, at one point, uh, Alejandro uh, said, oh, uh, we're having a big lunch tomorrow. Uh, you should come by. You're invited to come by. Well, I tell you, that was, my God, invited for lunch? That was absolutely the ultimate. <laughs> and the next day, the next day, showed up there for lunch, and it was that's how, that's how my journey there began. It began from the top, because at that moment I didn't know anyone else. He was the first and only person in the Pinar de Rio region that I that I had met. Uh, and at that at that uh, at that reunion, I had met uh, that to this day is. Uh, one of my best friends in Cuba, uh, Juan, he's a uh, musician, and he was uh, the uh, lead musician in a little group that was playing at the farm at the time. We became friends, although my communication skills at the time were limited. We came from similar backgrounds. We had, uh, we had divorced, we had a child, uh, and we were coping. He loved music. Um, and uh, I asked him, uh, what does he, how does he play back his music? What does he play it back on? And he said that he uh, didn't have anything to play his music back on. Didn't have a CD player. Didn't have a portable CD player. Didn't, didn't have something. Didn't have a computer. Forget about a computer. So on a, on a, Another trip, I brought him a portable DVD player that, like a like a Sony portable DVD player, that also played um, CDs, and that was like giving him a gold brick. He was he couldn't thank me enough. Uh, to this day, we're still best of friends, so he makes uh, arrangements for me. Uh, before I go to Pinar de Rio. So tell folks where we can find your blog online. I'm going to give you the long version. And if anybody just types all these words in together, something should come up. It's Cuban cigars, culture, lifestyle. So punch that all in together. And you should get something on a Google search that's from my blog. All right. And I'll be adding your blog to the show notes uh, so that people can find it.